Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. You are listening to Money FM 89.3 with me, Michelle Martin. Good morning, everyone. Joining me now as we break down all the market action. How is Wednesday looking, Ryan Huang? Looking pretty good, of course. Uh, we are going to be out and about today at Asia Square. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be there from 12 to 1. What time will you be there, Michelle? Between 1 and 2. So right after me. So we'll be there. Say hi to us if you're in the area. So we've got a stall going on. We've got some prizes as well. So... Come say hi. <laughs> Don't be shy. Um, we are going down because we're celebrating our sixth birthday. Imagine how young we are, huh? Yeah, time flies year after year. And you just look back and I think the station has grown quite a bit in terms of well, many fronts, numbers, type of people. And the various types of segments we've been having as well. Mm-mm. So we look forward to seeing you. It's lunchtime. Come on down in the infamous words of my mother. Whenever there's a prize, she says, you know, someone has to win it. It might as well be you. Am I going to see your mom there? <laughs> I doubt it. Um, but I also want to say a big thank you to all of you who turned up for yesterday's event. Um, the Infinity Financial Advisory 2024 Global Investment Outlook. It was packed to the yeah, rafters. So I could not go in. So what did I miss, Michelle? What was the takeaway there? Oh my God, three times oversubscribed. The takeaway is fastest fingers always wins. Number one. Be fast with your fingers. Number two, um, I mean, we discussed so much. The hottest sectors of 2024. Um, AI is a, a driving theme for investing. It's, it's just too much to get into, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> you need a sequel to uh, capture everything and let more people in. I think so. Anyway, thank you. It was so nice to see all of you. Let's start this morning with, um, we've got a lot to sort through today, really. And analysts and investors have a lot to sort through. Imagine us. We're here to help you do it. Some of the biggest names in the corporate world have opened up their financial books this morning. So we start in the tech space, which has been driving the stock market's upward trajectory. And we begin with Microsoft. Its financial numbers are coming in better than expected on both the top and the bottom line. So sales and profits are both higher than expected. The tech giant grows 62 billion US dollars during the fourth quarter of the year. What's driving Microsoft's growth? Yeah, so it's a familiar theme of what's been actually driving Microsoft growth for quite some time, which is the cloud business and unique cloud service to support all the AI functions, among other things. So the AI story continuing to drive Microsoft's fortunes. So let's take a look at the numbers. What we have right now is Microsoft being pushed up total revenue 18% to mm-hmm. $62 billion. That is above market expectations of around $61.2 billion. And that comes in at a per share basis of 293 above the average estimate of 278. So if you look at the intelligent cloud unit, which is where the Azure cloud computing platform sits, it grew 20%. So that's pretty healthy. Indeed. Okay, let's take a closer look at the numbers. So cloud computing has been Microsoft's fastest growing area of business for more than a year now, but that is slowing down. The Azure cloud computing business grew 26% in the fourth quarter, down from 35% earlier in the year and as much as 50% in the fourth quarter of 2022. So overall, what is your take on Microsoft's business? Yeah, a bit of a glass half full and half empty. It did do pretty decently on driving up revenue and we saw growth in its cloud business. Uh, I think you pointed out 
the expectations were not met when it came to the cloud business. So that's starting to see some unwinding of the share gains has been seen in the past year. So a bit of profit taking, a bit of selling on the facts. So something that's weighing on its share price. Microsoft released its earnings after Wall Street's closing bell. In after-hours trade, shares of the Seattle-based tech giant are trending down half a percent. Next up is Google's parent company, Alphabet. Its revenue has come in better than expected at 86 billion US dollars. So it grows nearly 25 billion more than Microsoft. Alphabet's profit numbers are also topping analysts' expectations, but Alphabet shares are trading down more than 5% in after-hours action. So why do investors appear to be disappointed with Alphabet's financial results? Yeah, similar tune here, glass half full, half empty, depending mm-hmm. on how you look at it. So let's start with the overall numbers. Revenue is up 13% to $86.3 billion. If you look at what's playing out in terms of drivers for their growth, what's doing well, we've got things like YouTube and cloud. So that's healthy on the end. Otherwise, what seems to disappoint investors is the advertising sales. It did climb 11% to $65.5 billion, but the expectations were for $65.8 billion. So coming in under expectations and maybe one reason for the sell-off in after-hours trading. So it boils down really to advertising, the digital ad market really rebounding. Not as fast, though, as many had hoped for. Still, though, Apple's cloud computing business is up. YouTube relatively steady and net income jumped more than 50% in the fourth quarter. So what do you think? Are investors overreacting by selling off Alphabet shares in after-hours trade? Perhaps there is to some extent, overreaction. But you also have to look at what Google is doing. So they've been trying to incorporate AI into their products. So it did seem to pay off for things like YouTube and cloud. But then the search engine part of the business is is bread and butter. And that's where it's starting to try at least to push the needle on the front to incorporate BARD and its various functions into the search engine part of business. That is yet to fully materialize. So I think investors may, to some extent, be impatient, maybe looking elsewhere for faster upside in a sense. So that's why maybe they are looking to reposition around the AI playbook. Let's take a look at some more earnings announcements this time outside of the tech space and we'll do it up or down style. Ryan, are you ready to roll? Let's go. Let's start with Pfizer. All right, Pfizer is good news for me. It's up and it's a price on the profit side of things. And this is helped by cost-cutting measures plus some good news in the form of the U.S. government returning fewer causes of COVID treatment Paxlovid. So they are benefiting from fuel returns and also cost-cutting. Okay, so an up for Pfizer, I agree with you. Uh, analysts were expecting to see Pfizer post a loss in the fourth quarter because of those drop in vaccine sales, right? COVID vaccine sales. But the drug makers really surprised markets with an adjusted fourth quarter profit vaccine sales, not quite as bad as expected. And as you mentioned, cost-cutting measures really helped Pfizer's bottom line as well. So that's an up. Pfizer shares still fell 1.7% overnight. Next up, General Motors. Yeah, this one was interesting to watch because it comes off the back of the United Automobiles Workers Union strike, which you might remember disrupted quite a bit of production Production. And people are wondering, you know, would this have a big impact on its earnings? Well, the answer is no, because they beat expectations for both the top and bottom lines. And this is also seeing as full year profit guidance matching its initial forecast last year. So you've got a pretty 
encouraging picture when it comes to what's going on at General Motors. Mm-hmm. So perhaps those workers who are striking did have a point that these companies are making more money and they deserve to be paid more. So these latest results do prove a point. Excellent point. General Motors beat Wall Street's top and bottom line expectations for the fourth quarter. If we look at GM shares, they jumped nearly 8% overnight. Close to look, it's China business still struggling. And that's a pretty big deal because China is GM's second biggest market. So uh, that's a down for me. Let's look at UPS. Okay, UPS is a bit of a bellwether for the global economy because they deliver pretty much everything for everyone. So when things slow down, you can kind of tell that maybe things are not so peachy and that's what's happening right now. So you've got UPS looking to cut 12,000 jobs. 12,000 jobs, that's quite a lot. And it's exploring strategic options for its Coyote business, which is the trucking brokerage. Mm-hmm. So that's not doing too well as well. Mm-mm. So all in, you've got a bit of a drop off, a drop off a cliff in that sense. Because in the earlier days of the pandemic, people were just shipping so much, buying everything online, mm-hmm. and UPS was pretty much in the middle of a sweet spot. But now things have started to change a bit. People are going out and about, not buying as much, and UPS is starting to have to adapt to the current level of demand. Indeed, and we're seeing that with UPS's top line numbers, which have come in below expectations for the sixth straight quarter. However, its bottom line profits have exceeded forecasts and it is paying out a slightly larger dividend. So, you know, you might think, is the UPS an up? No, I don't think so. Investors sold off UPS overnight, sending its shares tumbling 8%. Next, let's look at the EV maker BYD. All right, BYD, one of the largest automakers around, and it is an up, and it is just a reflection of how well BYD is doing. But glass half empty, it is missing analyst expectations. Mm -hmm. And this comes as it sees intensifying competition. So this has led to price wars and that would mean profit margins being squeezed. So on that front, I'm going with down. Okay. EV sales are up. That's good for BYD. Did you know the Chinese car maker has also become the first Chinese brand to crack the top 10 best-selling cars list here in Singapore? It entered the top 10 in fashion as well, jumping all the way to number 5. What a showing for BYD. So that's an up, but competition for market share has cut into BYD's margins. So while the company's earnings are up, they still come in below expectations. In Hong Kong trade yesterday, BYD shares fell about 4.5%. Next, uh, I'm craving for my mocha latte. Let's have a Starbucks. Yeah, assessment. Starbucks. It's going to be a down for me. So you need to up your dose on those coffee shots. Mm-hmm. It is cutting its annual sales forecast. And this is where it's blaming the Israel-Hamas war hurting its Middle East business. And pretty much slowing business in the U.S., as well as in many international markets. Only one bright spot seems to be China. Mm-hmm. So overall, I would say it's a down for Starbucks. A down for Starbucks. Okay, Starbucks' same store sales increased 5% 
in the last quarter below market expectations. On average, analysts were expecting, I think, about 7% growth. Coffee chain is facing that boycott in the U.S. Stiff competition in China. I join you there. I'll give Starbucks a down as well. Accepted stock is up 3.6% in after-hours trade. So there's a lot of glass half empty, half full this morning. If we take a step back and take a look at this latest batch of earnings announcements, Ryan, what is your biggest (laughs) takeaway so far? Gosh, yeah, so many things to navigate right now. So So you've got layoffs on one end. So that is just painting a picture of how, well, people are a bit jittery about what's to come in the future. They've got to reposition their business and a lot of it has to come with the AI conversation. And then you've got also the jitters about people cutting back on spending and that was reflected with the advertising side of the business for Google, reflecting how marketing budgets are not really where they were before. No pressure is still being felt by some of these marketing departments. So that's a reflection of how optimistic the spending sentiment is right now in the US. So there are a couple of things working against the expectations of a better uh, year ahead. But of course, we've got lots to watch out for, including fat red cuts to come. So it's going to be a big bunch of stuff to navigate. Tech companies have been driving the U.S. markets gains. There is some concern that a bubble is building, so investors are going to be parsing through these latest numbers from Google, Microsoft and others to determine if the numbers and the future forecasts justify the company's high valuations or... I heard an interesting line last night at the Investment Outlook seminar. Like CEOs, will these shares uh, always be up? (laughs) <laughs> COEs, like COEs, uh, excuse me. <laughs> all right. I suppose, um, yeah, interesting times ahead. A couple more corporate stories to cover this morning. We'll continue to do this game show style. Let's start with a quiz. What company is the world's number one car maker? This is for passenger vehicles. I'll give you three choices. Do you think Toyota, Tesla, or Mercedes-Benz at home? Make your guess. Ryan, what's the answer? Yeah, I'll give you a clue. It's the same as last year. Is the same as the year before and the same as the year prior as well for four times in a row. Crowd favorite. Toyota is number one. So it's gone past Volkswagen for the fourth straight year. So global sales are up 7.2% from the previous year to a record 11.2 million cars in 2023. Wow, Toyota is not only the world's number one car maker, it is also the top seller here in Singapore, but just barely. In 2022, Mercedes-Benz was the most popular car in Singapore, but in 2023, Toyota retook the crown by seven cars, just seven, that's a slim margin. Toyota uh, sold some 3,857 vehicles here, while cycling carriage sold 3,850 Mercedes. So, time for our next quiz question. It's This is an honour that nobody wants. Which bank has been fined for, quote, serious failings in terms of protecting depositors? Is it HSBC or is it Goldman Sachs, Ryan? Yeah, if you guess HSBC, you are right. So they are on the naughty list again and they've been fined 57.4 million pounds for what's being described as serious 
failings in protecting some depositors over several years. So this is where you've got some rules in place to protect customers in case banks fail. And banks have to keep a record of their customer data so that the regulators can figure out who to pay, what to pay, and so on. You need a list of sorts. Mm. So that data was not in place. So effectively, if banks went bankrupt or for some you know, uh, crisis reason they had to pay up, nobody would be able to figure out who had to be paid. So that's what happened at HSBC and the regulators clamped down on it and yep. they've got to now rectify it. So yep. I suppose on the good news front is, well, it seems to be that the worst is over, but the bad news is they are fine big time. Big time. Actually, I'm watching a documentary on Netflix about Goldman Sachs' role in the one MDB scandal as well. So it's a tough call to make. Have you seen that Netflix documentary? The one starring Najib Razak? Is that the one? Or is it another one that's uh, part of a wider series? Um, uh, it's one the for woman... Dirty Money. No, that's not it. That's not it. Um, escapes me, but I'll share it with you uh, after the show. Really good, by the way. Really good one. Our last quiz question this morning, which major tech executives uh, has tweeted... Ne- <laughs> when I saw this... <laughs> I I burst out laughing because you have to say, okay, he might be down $55 billion, but at least he still has a sense of humor intact. And this is a major tech executive, and he has tweeted, never incorporate your company in the state of Delaware. Delaware is a relatively small U.S. state, but two-thirds of Fortune 500 companies are incorporated here. Two-thirds, which means 1.5 billion businesses overall. It's a popular state to register your business, but which CEO is really unhappy about doing business there? Well, it turns out to be your favorite guy, Elon Musk. (laughs) So he's up and down because he can't get paid. And this is a pay package worth $55 billion from Mm. Tesla. Well, it's a bit of a drawn-out affair here. So what's playing out here is you've got an argument between a shareholder lawsuit versus Elon Musk saying, hey, you didn't really deserve the package because you can't prove that you deserved it pretty much. And the burden was on Elon Musk to prove it, No, that the things he achieved with Tesla was hard to achieve, worth the $55 billion. And... You've got a few acquisitions as well that the board of directors breached their duties. You've got acquisitions that there was wastage of corporate assets to unjustly enrich Elon Musk. So it does not look like Elon Musk is uh, having a good day today. No, he is one of my favorite guys because of the regularity to which he contributes to our news. Um, Back to Delaware, a court there has ruled that Musk's $55 billion US dollar pay package was a product of sham negotiations and that Musk cannot keep his money. Uh, you might think it's a huge chunk of money, but even if he doesn't have that pay package, he just drops from world's num- number one richest guy to world number three richest guy. Musk still estimated to be worth more than $210 billion US dollars, and he recaptured that ranking of the world's richest man from LVMH, CEO Bernard Arnault, this week because... T- Tesla stock has risen. All right. Our last word of the day takes us to India, where Delhi's High Court is currently presiding over a case on butter chicken. Yes. The tender crust of the matter really boils down to who owns the trademark to one of Delhi's best dishes. The case features an established restaurant chain. They're called Moti Mahal and a relative newcomer called 
Daria Ganj. But while Daria Ganj may be new to the market, and I apologize if I've massacred its name, its owners claim that their ancestors pioneered the scrumptious recipe. So this is really a case about uh, who exactly invented butter chicken. First up, do you enjoy butter chicken? Yeah, it is my go-to dish when I'm at the restaurants and... I oh. am just thinking about having it for lunch right now. What a good choice. It is divine. It goes with everything. Especially garlic naan. India has other intellectual property lawsuits related to food. A few years back, two family members fought over a kebab dish. Did you know that? Wow. What? Mm-hmm. Okay. Hopefully they resolved it. <laughs> um, it was a bit of a family issue, I think. Uh, family restaurant. Food fight. Food fight, Yeah. But over kebabs and um, in that case, it was a Singapore case and it was about uh, two, one of two sisters owned a popular vegetarian restaurant in Little India. And the scheme was to make the company insolvent so she could wrest control of the business from another woman. So really complicated and very... uh, very unpalatable. Yeah, that's the thing when it comes to family businesses. There is so much that is not documented in a sense. A lot of things are passed on you know, yeah. unofficially and it's very Like tough. recipes. Recipes. He says, she says. How do you trademark things like chili crab, for example? Yeah, Who there are no official records like chili crab authority board or something like that. So yeah. it's very tough to <laughs> say you are number one. You are the first one to do so. <laughs> I would sign up to be on that board anytime. The Chili Crab Authority Board uh, that Ryan's just made up. Last year, there was uh, that court case, two sisters-in-law in Little India fighting over ownership of a popular vegetarian restaurant. All right, stop the food fights, everybody, because it is Wednesday, 31st of January, middle of the week. If you come down to see us at Asia Square, is there food, Ryan? We've got coffee and lots of other stuff that you can <laughs> well, give some... I guess, food for thought, at least. <laughs> Coffee sounds good to me. That sounds great. Thanks very much. You can catch Ryan from 11, 12 to 1. 12, 12 to 1, and I'll be there from 1. So come on down. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.